All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Hey, I finished The Irishman. Did you? So did I. You did? Yeah. How come we haven't been talking about it all week, nonstop? I don't know. We haven't had that much time to talk to each other. I guess that's true. We won't spoil it, except there's not a whole lot to spoil in it. It's really yeah. just a story about life and the meaninglessness of, of life. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Were you, like, obsessed with this movie? I... I at no point thought that it was too long. It's not too long. I I, ch- I take back I what I said. It, I watched it in many segments. Yeah. And uh, I didn't feel like there was as much fat as other people. Oh, no. I don't think there's it. any fat. I don't. Okay. Th- I honestly don't think there's any fat. I do think it's too long for most people's lives. It's not too long as a singular piece of art. Right. And I, I do advocate you watch it in four parts if, if that's your only option. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and find an opportunity to watch it all at once. Yeah. Um. But see The Irishman, man. It's... Yeah. Great watch. Yeah. It was a great watch. Besides Robert De Niro throwing the guns into the ocean. That was <laughs> the only thing that like... I, I wonder if there's a gif of that or like how has that not been turned into a meme? Well, so much has been made about how he plays this same guy over many decades of his life. And he can he can look like a younger person thanks to technology and makeup, but he can't really have the body movement he of a younger person. Like the stiffness. And... and so when he's like playing, uh, it's Frank, right? When he's yeah. playing Frank into like his 40s, let's say, and he has to hurl a, a piece of evidence gun into the into the Hudson River, he yeah. still just kind of moves with the stiffness of a 75-year-old Bob well, De Niro. He throws it like, like underhand, but like super hard and like toward the opposite shoulder and then he gets another gun and he throws it like the other way with his opposite hand yeah so it just looks like he's like juggling really hard it might be so to speak jumping the gun just a little bit because i do want to talk about the golden globe nominations in full yeah but a bit of an upset that he wasn't even nominated i where we thought he might be a contender for best actor at the oscars not even nominated at the globes i thought uh and to jump ahead a little bit i i thought Pesci was incredible in it, and thought, he, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I thought Pesci and Pacino were better than De Niro. Frankly, yeah. De Niro is just playing himself. Pesci, for the first time in a Scorsese movie, did not play the insane person. Mm. I feel like I feel like that was what he needed to sell him on doing this movie. Yeah, it was like, can I be like a reserved guy in one of your movies? Finally, right, and that was it. He was the guy who always kept his cool. Who was always he was like the the operator. He was the wolf. The Harvey Keitel from Pulp Fiction. He is he is so cool in it. Yeah, he is so cool. His final scene, you yeah. go, you're going to church. Don't laugh. You'll see. Right. Oh, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. I, I every um every scene he was in was was great. And then Pacino, I I liked it. he he was kind of doing a, a scent of a woman thing. Like I feel like he's kind of just molded into a bit of a like. Uh, this is the way you know he's well exactly and and it's funny you should mention that because also apropos of the irishman mm-hmm. i finally saw the godfather part two. Oh, great whoa this is a huge revelation it is a big coup uh and i don't know if this is totally a hot take okay but that movie is just not better than the first godfather you don't think so no it's not i think it's not i think what it was it's so long too yeah. It's so, so long. It has but an intermission built into the movie. People people say it's like the greatest movie of all time. Now, it's been a long time since I've seen I it. I think a lot of people say the first Godfather is the greatest movie of all time, too. Like That's a true. lot of people, I think I don't ne- think it's necessarily said with certainty which one is better. No. Except for that, I'm certain which one I think is better. Right. A lot of people do lean toward part two, but, but part yeah. I think part one is great. Because of the De Niro of it all? I actually think I like part one more as well. Oh, I definitely do. Um, I, I think it is because of the De Niro of it all. But see, this is what surprised mm. me. He's not in it that much. No. And he's not really trying that hard. The character's not as well developed or as interesting as Michael. No. I Yeah, I, I'm not sure what it was. And I don't know how far along into his career uh, De Niro was at this point. Like, I don't oh, know. Oh, he was, he was like the new genius on the block. Okay. It was pre-Taxi Driver. Right. Just pre-Taxi Driver. And Pacino, was Pacino's big thing, big first thing, The Godfather? I don't know about that. Yeah. I have to eat crow a little bit to our friends who uh, we watched the movie with because I said with all the certainty in the world that De Niro, in spite of his lack of screen time in the movie, won Best Lead Actor. He didn't. He won Best Supporting Actor for, okay. for The Godfather Part Two. He won Best Lead Actor in Raging Bull. Um, and... Which is a tough watch. I haven't seen Raging Bull. I uh, guess that's next. I've seen, I think I've seen it all. Yeah. 
But it's yeah, it's uh, that one's uh, it's one of those one of those like people like who's just obsessed with something and pushes himself too far. Well, yeah, and not like a good guy. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, like is is one of those Scorsese characters who's like you you see the bad shit that he does too. And yeah, he, well, I mean that's true of his Godfather character also i want to say a flawed hero but i'm not sure in the end if you really would consider him a hero or i i gotta watch it over again anyway we were gonna say about pacino who i do think is really good in both godfather movies right certainly better than than both don corleone actors um he's very soft-spoken even as uh like the don in part two mm. he's he's got this like very soft way of talking yeah and not in Son of a Woman slash The Irishman. Yeah, oh. yeah that's when it comes out. It's yeah. all, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's a lot of cigarettes or if that's just who he really is. I just think, yeah, it's like he, he's he been that way, you know, in, in uh, like, what was the, the devil one with Keanu Reeves? Like the, the uh, where he basically plays Satan. I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, what's it called? The devil's... Um, Devil's Advocate. Okay. Yeah. He he is a lawyer, but he is actually Satan. And it's like, oh boy, you're like, you don't know. Like, he's just full yell Pacino. Easy to forget. Uh, he's also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Not Pacino. He was kind of kind of toned down in that one. But he See, was he only check in it. it. He's like only in one scene. Four seconds. Yeah, yeah. it's not a big deal. Um, okay, so I do want to go over a couple of things. Well, you mentioned Keanu Reeves. This is kind of interesting. This was just announced today, and I think it's probably temporary. Currently, as slated, The Matrix 4, which we knew about. Yes. And John Wick 4, which was obligatory. Mm -hmm. Currently scheduled to open on the same day. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? And Keanu has no affiliation with the new Matrix movie. Or does he? Oh, he does. He does, okay. He and the Wachowskis. Um... Uh, well, I mean, it's a good thing for Keanu. I don't know. Because usually these movies are strategically released. All movies are to offset one another so that we're not eating each other. We're not auto-cannibalizing. However, this opens the door for the first in a very long time of such a high caliber double feature at the movie. They should do a double feature. Yes. I was going to say, like, even if it doesn't exist as a double feature, people are going to... It'll start trending like they ought to schedule I'm going to go back way. to back. Well, lots of people would want to go see both. Mm -hmm. um, Spend a day at the movie. That'd be fun. I'd do that for John Wick 4 and The Matrix I 4. I actually think John Wick 4 can help The Matrix 4, it, which which otherwise might could. have been kind of lukewarm. It probably could. It's hot. I feel... Okay. So because The Matrix has had a lot of time to uh, percolate and get a new script written. Yeah. And John Wick 4 obviously has not been has not had a decade to be written no i think that the matrix 4 is going to be the overall better movie and john wick 4 is going to be kind of thrown together has there been a bad john wick movie i mean it, it's getting a little ridiculous sure like the first one the first two i think were pretty solid people loved three the ratings were the reviews were through the roof for three were they yes it, it's just a little crazy. Sure. Like like a la The Fast and the Furious gets weirder and weirder. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, there's so many syndicates of assassins, which is great. It's a, it's its own world, but it just starts to seem like everyone is crazy in this. Yeah. Everyone's got several guns. Okay. It's the world where everyone has several guns. That was the other title of this movie. Not bad, know. honestly. Yeah. I just think in a world where we're doing so many reboots and sequels and, and like distant sequels where now the world is different. Yeah. The Matrix, which was once a masterpiece and already started to wane on its own, totally. could come back really strong or could just be another forgettable movie that you kind of wish didn't didn't tarnish the Matrix further. Well, what I what I would hope would happen is they would actually maybe get away from the CGI a little bit, which became the Wachowski's calling card. Yeah. But bullet time, I think, was really what brought the Matrix to its, it, you know, to the, the level that, that people see it at. That's the icon of the movie. Totally. Yeah. But it, by the third one, it was just CGI fight scenes where it was like you were watching an N64 oh, yeah. like fight scene. They it could was, do more than they could then. They could, yeah, but but again, I, I'm I'm over the CGI, and th this is why people like John Wick. Yes, but Not, but that's the difference is that the Matrix is like really thinky, and people like John mm -hmm. Wick just because of the action. Because it's it's a straight up popcorn movie. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, no, and I like the thinkiness of the Matrix. I actually like that arguably more than the the action scenes of the third Matrix. It's what makes a movie stay with you long run, I think. And yeah. you love the Matrix maybe more than anyone I know. Mm-hmm. And I even love the Matrix Reloaded. Which is the third one, the bad one? No, the second one. You Matrix don't like Revolution. Revolutions is kind of rough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen... I, I don't think I've seen Revolutions more than twice. There's kind of a web connecting all of my interesting pop cultural uh, updates. Love it. Because this is Marlon Brando related. The watch, the Rolex that he wore in Apocalypse Now, okay. just sold for $1.95 million in an auction. Two million bucks for a watch from Apocalypse Now. Not even a movie that people really like have posters for or anything. It's it's kind of like in the pantheon of, of I was going to say, maybe Apocalypse Now is going to need to be the next movie that you see. I haven't seen, I mean, now I've seen both Godfather movies and The Outsiders, but I haven't seen that many Coppola movies. And yeah. I, I mean, I guess those three and then Apocalypse Now are the ones to see. Apocalypse Now is is possibly like after one and two, this is the next one to, yeah. to see. Yeah. Yeah. But like, does he have a famous Rolex in that movie? Oh, I mean, yeah, I don't think I don't think he's known for the, the Rolex that he's wearing. That's why I find movie. it strange that it sold for two million bucks in an auction because there are movie props that I could see fetching sure. that kind of money yeah. because they represent so much. Yeah. You know, if it's a lightsaber from the first Star Wars movie, I could see that going for two million bucks, but right. just a watch, just a Rolex. Yeah, I don't know. From a movie that people don't really like I know that it's it's legendary for the circus that was its production and like Yeah. Do you kind of know the plot of like who Marlon Marlon Brando plays in it? No, but is Martin Sheen also in Apocalypse Now? Yeah, so yeah. Martin Sheen plays one of the guys in the group that this guy ends up this other American soldier in Vietnam ends up going uh AWOL. Yeah. And he's actually like you know, starting his own kind of like I want to say his own like cult or tribe in Vietnam. Mm. Or maybe it's like another like outside military but he's just crazy like he's full-on and that's that's brandon saying that's brandon who was in fact crazy in the making of this movie right yeah which i know less about was he a fatty at this point oh he's pretty big i think in it yeah yeah i think this is kind of where the the wheels started coming off uh disney has set a new record get this speaking of like big bucks they became the first movie studio ever this weekend Thanks to the success of Frozen 2. And we talked last week about how indeed they are doing pretty well with Frozen 2. Yeah. In spite of it not really being in our childless peripheries. Right. Uh, thanks to Frozen 2, became the first movie studio ever to cross the $10 billion at the box office in a calendar year threshold. And Star Wars hasn't even come out yet. $10 billion? $10 billion bucks. Oh. I thought they were like just crossing the billion mark. I mean... A court no Endgame got like two point five billion dollars, the highest grossing movie of all time. So that's like a quarter of their ten billion right there. Yeah, that's insane. Oh, yeah. for Disney, Disney. Okay, I thought you meant Frozen got ten billion. I no, was no, like, no. I'm Wait sorry. A second. The studio, sure, now has yeah. ten billion bucks just this year, and wow. Star Wars hasn't even come out yet. Wow, why didn't we all buy Disney stock? We like it wasn't like it wasn't looking promising. You didn't buy Disney <laughs> stock. <laughs> yeah, you fool. What was I thinking? You moron. Um, I guess just Golden Globes. We have to talk about the Golden Globes. I haven't seen Marriage Story yet. Neither have I. I guess it's like supposed to be devastating. I'm like nervous to watch it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see it. Obviously, you know, when we go through the, the list of Oscar movies, it's probably going to be in there. So, Well, I mean, it, it didn't like tear up in nominations to the Golden Globes. Not that they're necessarily indicative of what award season should be. I want to see Marriage Story. It seems so up my alley. But well, everybody's saying like, like I'm I'm engaged right now, right? So like I'm very excited about marriage. Right. You don't want this <laughs> to ruin your life. It just seems like it'd be a bummer. And it's it's it seems to have a, like kind of a cynical, if often realistic view mm-hmm. on what becomes of loving relationships over time. And that that doesn't really sound like right. my my headspace right now. And Noah Baumbach was married to Jennifer Jason Lee yep. of a typical, and they got divorced. Oh, I mean, I, I have to imagine it's largely based on his experience. Yeah. I mean, I would divorce Jennifer Jason. Jennifer Jason Lee? Yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, always... if, I mean, if she was nuzzling herself like an atypical oh all the time. Oh, my God. Would you divorce Jennifer Jason Lee and the Hateful Eight? 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, don't marry her. First. <laughs> uh, okay, so do you want to go through all of these? I mean, there's lots of... We've, we've seen a lot of this stuff. Sure, so let's we, do it. we can relate to a lot of it. Best yeah. performer, uh, an actor, performance by an actor in a television series, Michael Douglas for The Kaminsky Method. Last year, I was so out on the Golden Globes entirely because of their weird praise for the Kaminsky method. Mm -hmm. It was just more Chuck Lorre, guys. Nothing new here. Right. We got a legend on TV. It's not the first time I've seen a legend on TV. Mm -hmm. Michael Douglas for the Kaminsky method. He won last year. Back oh, again. Over Bill Hader for Barry, who's nominated again. Ben Platt for The Politician, which wasn't a great show. No. Paul Rudd for Living With Yourself, which is kind of, I mean, he does a good job, but come on. He won't win it, yeah. And Rami Youssef for Rami. Remember remember that show? Oh, yeah. Or Rami, maybe it right. is. Uh, performance by an actress in a television series, musical, or comedy. Christina Applegate, Dead to Me. Co-sign. She was great. Uh, Rachel Brosnahan for Maisel. Kirsten Dunst for On Becoming a God in Central Florida. Mm -hmm. Natasha Leone for Russian Doll. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge for Fleabag. What so Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Probably Phoebe. I mean, I it, could, so. it could be Bros again. She seems to win a lot. True. And I love Christina Applegate being in there. I think she's so great. Performance by an actor in a drama TV series. Brian Cox for Succession. Kit Harington. Uh, Rami Malek for Mr. Robot, Tobias Menzies for The Crown. He's great in this season of The Crown. Oh yeah, have He's, you you've started and are we you got finished? we got one left. Okay, I couldn't get into the Claire Foy seasons, and I'm really liking the Olivia, Olivia Coleman season. All right, I find it more interesting. And Billy Porter for Pose, which we'll talk more about later. Mm -hmm. uh, performance by an actress in a drama series, Jennifer Aniston for The Morning Show. Fuck off, Let's fuck off. <laughs> yeah, it's um, she's better than Witherspoon. They must have campaigned pretty hard for this. They they're. Award shows are now at, you know, where they were originally hesitant to award things to streaming sites. They're now feeling the pressure of if they don't. No network TV shows got nominated for Golden Globes. Nothing. The last remaining, the last of the Mohicans was This Is Us, and it didn't get nominated for anything this week. Really? No network TV shows got nominated. No, oh HBO did, whether you want to call them a streaming service or not. Right. It's a little different. But Jennifer Aniston, they just want her to show up. They just yeah. want her to be there. Right. For ratings. Olivia Coleman for The Crown, she's great. Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, she won the Emmy. Nicole Kidman for Big Little Lies, and Reese Witherspoon for The Morning Show. This is trash. Right. Reese, Witherspoon Reese Witherspoon sucks in The Morning Show. She's genuinely she's bad. Bradley Jackson, come on, man. She's bad Play in up. that show. She'll crazy scream at you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Performance by an actor in limited series. Christopher Abbott for Catch-22. That went nowhere. I was thinking that when I was looking through it. I can't believe there's a Cash 22 nomination. That's insane. Sasha Baron Cohen for The Spy. That also went nowhere. Mm. Russell Crowe for The Loudest Voice. That went nowhere. Well, I feel like that got some traction. I enjoyed watching that, yeah. actually. Did really, you finish it? No, no, just the pilot. Okay. Jared Harris for Chernobyl. Sam Rockwell for Fosse Verdon. I think Sam Rockwell might have that one in the bag already. Okay. That's my prediction. Uh, actress in a limited series uh, drama. Caitlin Deaver for Unbelievable. She was so good. Joey King for The Act. Helen Mirren for Catherine the Great, Merritt Weaver for Unbelievable, who's excellent, mm -hmm. and Michelle Williams for Fosse Verdon. Limited series in general, Catch-22, Chernobyl, Fosse Verdon, The Loudest Voice, Unbelievable. Uh, actress in a supporting role in a series, Patricia Arquette. I don't need to read all these. Helena Bottom Carter's not that good. Tony Collette. Meryl Streep, again, just, they just want her there. What's, Helen, um, what's Meryl Streep in? Big Little Lies. Oh, right, yeah. Performance by an actor, uh, uh, this is limited series. They focus a lot on limited series. Here we go. Uh, best television series drama, period. Mm -hmm. We got five nominees. Take your pick. Big Little Lies, The Crown, Killing Eve, The Morning Show, or Succession. I think I think Succession's got that one. Maybe Killing Eve. Killing Eve has a lot of I could of... see it be Killing Eve. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy if it's Big Little Lies. It's never going to be The Crown. Did you finish Succession? I'll walk out if it's The Morning Show. Right. No, I haven't seen any of Succession yet. Okay. Just the pilot. I will. I will get to it. I keep promising I'll get to it. TV series, mu musical or comedy, Barry, Fleabag, Kaminsky Method, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, or The Politician. The Politician, top five best we, yeah, comedy shows. We, we're, we're in the, the Barry Fleabag camp. Yes, but last year it was Kaminsky Method. I know. <laughs> Motion picture, musical comedy, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Saw it. Mm -hmm. Jojo Rabbit. Saw it. Knives Out. Gonna see it. Okay. Rocket Man. Didn't bother. No, I haven't seen it yet. It was even on the plane, and I skipped it as a plane movie. Dolomite is, is my name. Have you seen it? No, it's on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's been on Netflix for quite a while, I think. Yep. Is he hosting this weekend? Uh, Next weekend. So this is going to be the Christmas show. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure on the answer, by the way. It would be really close it's, to Christmas. It's, it's, probably, weekend. it's probably this weekend. 
Motion Picture Drama, The Irishman, Hell Yeah. Marriage Story, 1917, Joker, and The Two Popes. What do you know about 1917? I know it's Sam Mendes. That's all I know. And, and what's Sam Mendes known for? Uh, Spider-Man. Okay. I guess. And horror movies, probably. Which which Spider-Man? The original Spider-Man movies, the Tobey Maguire ones. Wasn't that Sam Raimi? Yeah, it is. Okay. So who, sure was. What's Sam Mendes on? I don't know. Huh. Anyway, he made this movie. It is Sam Mendes, though. Uh, motion picture foreign language. Well, I'm not going to worry about that, but it's going to be Parasite because Parasite might win Best Picture overall at the did, Academy did Awards. Did you watch it yet? No, I, I have to go to theaters to see it. I'm not even sure it's available around here, Okay, but I got to see it. Screenplay, Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story, uh, Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, Anthony McCartan for The Two Popes, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time, and Steven Zalen for The Irishman. Uh, see, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Original song. I mean, we've got Cats in there. It's Cats Lone Award. I think we can probably... Well, Rocket Man has an original song in there, too. It does. Well, I know, but like, I didn't expect Cats to do any more, and I'm glad that they didn't, because it doesn't look like it's going to be good. No. Oh, my God. The trailer looks awful. Horrifying. I actually could not believe it while I was watching it. Frozen Into the Unknown. It's a, also a genuinely bad song. Uh, the Lion King Spirit. Genuinely bad song. Uh, supporting role in a motion picture of any drama or any, uh, any genre. Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day. It's not a supporting part. It's not It's not Matthew Reese. It's a clear role. They're like, running him supporting because they want him to win. Right. It's not a supporting role. Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes, Al Pacino for The Irishman, Joe Pesci for The Irishman, and Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time. Also not a supporting role. No. It's just not. Mahershala Ali wasn't last year either. Right. Actress in a supporting role, any motion picture, Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Annette Benning for The Report, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers. That's a supporting role? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Isn't she the lead actor in I Hustlers? Thought. No, I guess um, we the one Hustlers. from Fresh Off the Boat must be. Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Apparently, she's quite good. Um, actor yeah, in a motion picture. Can you explain to me what Bombshell is? Yeah, so it's about the coming forth of several women who work in high like positions at Fox News to accuse Roger Ailes of uh, like sexual harassment. Oh, really? Have you not seen the trailer for Bombshell? No, I've not. We're going to watch it after the podcast. Okay. It's There's something staggering about it. Interesting. There's something like disorientingly staggering about the trailer for this movie like, like off-putting no okay. very very compelling uh, there's something like what am i looking at here really yeah okay i won't spoil okay. it any further actor in a motion picture daniel craig for knives out roman griffin davis for jojo rabbit leonardo dicaprio for once upon a time taron edgerton for rocket man and eddie murphy for dolomite uh, i'm gonna skip a little bit here actor in a drama didn't i just do that I think so. Oh, that was comedy. Actor in a drama. See how the lines I are know. blurred? Christian Bale for Ford versus Harari. I couldn't care less. I'm kind of interested in it now. I think it's, it would actually be like a decent popcorn movie. You're so manly. No, no, that's not. that has nothing to do with it. I'm not trying to, to punch my man <laughs> card at all. Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Joaquin for Joker. And Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Um, actress in a motion picture. Cynthia Enviro or Erivo. Harriet, Scarlett, Saoirse, Charlize, Renee. Um, actress in a motion picture comedy, Aquafina, Ana de Armas. Yeah, for what is what is Aquafina in do right now? The Farewell. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Kate Blanchett for Where'd You Go, Bernadette, Beanie Feldstein for Booksmart. Hell yeah. And Emma Thompson for Late Night. That's ridiculous. So are both Booksmart girls nominated? Yes, but not both for Booksmart. No, both for different things. That's right. That's kind of interesting. They should give away like a, an award on stage or something. That would be That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, director Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, Sam Mendes for 1917, Todd Phillips for Joker, a, up against Martin Scorsese, which is funny, right. and Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time, and that's all we got for the Golden Globes this coming year. It's a pretty good list. It's an okay list. Well, actually, it's you're right. It's just okay. There's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, stuff that we just thought was all right. A lot's been made of the lack of uh, female directors in the director category, which is which is so just in a year where uh, a woman directed um, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and Honey Boy and Booksmart and, and like any number of really excellent movies. Right. Last year, uh, Natalie Portman had kind of a memeable, buzzworthy moment when she presented that category with Ron Howard and right. she said, here's the all-male nominees right. for the director's category. Seems like that was kind of a nudge to maybe get your shit together and they didn't. Why do you think that is though? Like, do you, do you really think that in a directing position, like people, don't people just watch these movies 
I don't know. Does I, there, I does think there some need to be a sometimes I I do think that there's that there is gender implicity in the Especially, in the making of the film. Look at something like Little Women, where she made Lady Bird, which is literally a perfect movie. It's there's nothing wrong with Lady Bird, and she deserved every every accolade she got or didn't get for that movie. Mm-hmm. What are the chances it's not one of the best directed movies of this year? It's very slim. Uh, up, up against yeah, Todd Phillips, right? Who made a movie that rips off another nominee in the category? Mm. I'm not saying the Joker's bad, but I mean it's an homagerie movie. True. Yeah. No. I. I just. You know, when thinking about the the role of a director, it's an invisible position. So it's even thinking about the person directing is kind of weird. I don't don't agree that it's an invisible position. It's not as visible as Brad Pitt. That's what I mean. I'm literally saying like, or I'm saying it's literally not not something that you're seeing when you're watching the movie you're 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 seeing the movie as it should be seen and i think if you like the movie then that's when you go oh yeah who's the director for this again obviously that's not the way that people i mean i I think i know i I think i know what you're saying i I agree that they're not like actively choosing not to nominate women right but they're passively choosing not to nominate. yeah i guess so and that is still systemically problematic mm. maybe not uh then maybe the nucleus of the problem isn't at award shows. Maybe it's at the business of show, Mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, true. Maybe there should be more women also directing. Yeah, maybe that's the solution. (laughs) No, just directing in general. Well, exactly. Right. And this is... But the point is, this was a particularly good year for female directors making really good movies. And we keep hearing about how good Little Women's going to be, how good... Honey Boy's going to be. And we saw Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood in all kinds of categories I just listed mm-hmm. off. But there's no other Honey Boy no- nominations. There's no there? Honey Boy nominations in there, which is a little strange. A little yeah. unexpected. Because I heard it was going to be unbelievable. blackballing Shia? Maybe. Maybe he's made too many enemies. Uh, Except I've only heard he good things get, about it. He needs to get even Stevens. But, right. It all <laughs> comes full circle. So I threw something together. Okay. Uh, and I've talked a lot about my list of my hundred favorite movies of the decade. Yes. And I'm taking a little bit more care in that. I think it's a more cohesive list, and I'll present it next week on the podcast if you're interested. Can you do it? movies. Can you do it uh, Billy Joel, We Didn't Start the Fire style? (laughs) That's a great idea. (laughs) How amazing would that be? As if I needed another challenge to (laughs) put forth. Take up your time. We talked last week about Rolling Stone's top 25 favorite tv shows or best tv shows of the decade <laughs> and i thought 25 was kind of a high number and then you came in with 50 with 50 but here's the thing because i don't watch as many tv shows mm-hmm. as i watch movies yeah i wouldn't say every show on this list is a show i love in fact some of them are shows i had a lot of fun watching and then stopped liking altogether and stopped and didn't even bother to finish okay or they didn't come off strong at first but i kind of got in and towards the end sure and so I've set myself up the criteria of I can only include a show if I've seen at least a whole season of it. Okay. I don't have to have seen the whole series of it. Um, because of the Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. I have allowed myself to include a couple of 2009 shows. Yeah. But not? I've been prejudiced against them. Okay. So Parks and Recreation, which is one of my favorite shows of all time, for example, yeah. is a 2009 show. I'm not going to put it in the top five because that's unfair. It's from 2009. Okay. Does that sure. make sense? The other thing I have to acknowledge is that there because it's tv there are some glaring blind spots uh in terms of the the zeitgeist yes i've (laughs) i've never seen you you told me this and i laughed and laughed and laughed at the ones that you left off breaking bad mad men (laughs) veep the americans the leftovers succession are not going to appear on my list (laughs) these are my succession is fair these are my favorite shows they're not what i'm telling you are essential no i know i know and that was a, a great point of clarification. So I don't do you, I don't need to read all fifty if you don't want. I do. Want, where do you want me to start? Let's start at uh, Let's start at twenty five. I want to I want to stack 25? it up to the Rolling Stone that we did last week. Also want to say uh, there's of course a heavy recency bias. Okay, it's very hard to ignore that. And sure. as I've said a number of times, I've seen more good TV in twenty nineteen than I've ever seen in my life. Right. So there is a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Number twenty five is Bodyguard with Richard Madden. Okay. Had so much fun watching Bodyguard. Yep. Number 24, Get Shorty. Remember how much I loved the pilot for Get Shorty? Yeah. Granted, it's never been as good as its pilot. Really? Which is the inverse of most shows. But you finished the season? 
I am not caught up on this current season. Okay. But yeah, it's had three or four seasons now. Okay. And I watched, I binged a ton of it when I first discovered it. Right. And I've never seen the movie and I've never read the Elmore Leonard book, but like, I just, I find Chris, what's his name in that to be really charismatic. Great. One of those like surprisingly winning anti-heroes. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of uh, Get Shorty. Number 23 is Big Mouth. Okay. That's a good call. Something I wouldn't have considered. Number 22 is True Detective Season 1. Great point. Great point. And and it's kind of funny that that wasn't recognized in in Rolling Stone. Well, that maybe a, maybe they took into consideration. Maybe they weighed it against its second season. Series. But it's it's an it's an anthology. You could kind of pick and choose from that. I tend to agree. Fairly. Yeah. But I wanted to clarify just season 1. Mm-hmm. Number 21 is The Good Place. Okay. Great. Number 20 is The End of the Fucking World. Okay. You didn't watch season 2 didn't watch season two yet it's pretty good okay it's not as good as season one okay it didn't need to exist okay <laughs> but the characters remain very likable and it's it retains its it's kind of soft sad beauty that it's a tough sell yeah yeah it's a tough sell for me especially knowing that you didn't love it and you don't feel like it was entirely i don't even know if i didn't love it like i put this show in my top 20 shows of the decade true i guess i mean uh mm. where you say it didn't need to exist it didn't need to exist. There is a poetry in how the first season ends mm-hmm. that they unfortunately have to kind of retcon a little bit in right. order to move on with the story. Okay. Number 19. Uh, You've got problems with number 19. I can so, do, so does everybody. <laughs> okay. Uh, transgressions acknowledged. Facts are facts. This is okay. one of the best shows of the decade, and it's called Louie. Oh, yeah. Right. Great point. But it doesn't appear on anybody's no. list because they're afraid. No. But it's just, it was so well written. Well, good for you for laying it out there. I agree, Louis. Great show. Uh, number 18, Dirty John. Had so much fun watching Dirty John. And I got like obsessive about that story, which was not only a true story, they almost held back in the telling of the fictional version of Dirty John. There's a right. podcast that that kind of inspired it. Unbelievable story. I know mm. I could never convince you to watch it, but Dirty John was wild and I passed out cold in the finale. Yes, that is that's astounding. I want to watch that scene. Well, maybe with you. I did the same in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I still say that was great. <laughs> right. Yeah. I pass out all the time, man. I'm always fainting. I give this 10 pass outs out of 10. <laughs> but did he lose consciousness? Yeah. How good was it, really? Did he go full limp? <laughs> Number 17 is Community. It's a great example yeah. of a show that I didn't even like watch the series finale until the last year sometime because right. I so fell off. But like those first two seasons, mm-hmm. even the third season, too, Magical TV. Yeah. Magically good. Number 16 is American Crime Story, The People versus O.J. Simpson. Okay. Anthology series. Mm-hmm. That season is so, so good. This is one of the few that I haven't watched. It's kind of weird that you didn't watch it. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, we watched the pilot. but That's right. I, it's just another thing that was like one of those big cultural moments that I didn't know enough about. And then for a couple months, I knew everything right. about it. And yet, for some reason, we watched The Murder of Gianni Versace. You watched that. We finished it. Yeah. yeah. Was that good? He not, he won the Golden Globe for that, I think. good enough to watch the whole thing. Is that right? I mean, it 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 kind of died after the first couple episodes, but no, we just kept watching it. No disrespect to Gianni Versace, but mm. that story is not as good as the OJ story. It's not as oh. compelling of a narrative. No. No. I mean, what's his next one going to be? Like, OJ is the... He started at the... The cream of the crop. Well, the next one is uh, American Crime Story Impeachment, starring oh, Beanie Feldstein yeah. as Monica Lewinsky. Right. Now, that is a story. And maybe Dennis Quaid? Is it Dennis Quaid as Bill Clinton? Yeah. Someone, someone's playing Bill Clinton. It honestly might be. Oh, boy. We just kind of did a number on Dennis Quaid last week. Yeah. I mean, he did it to himself. I hey. don't own any of that. So did Bill Clinton. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Hillary Clinton went on Howard Stern last yeah, week. Yeah, that's a big top. Like, apparently, it was a, a good listen. It was a great listen. It was a full two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ross and I talked a little bit about how how much of a terrible oversight it was on her her campaign staff's uh, side to not have her answer that RSVP while she was campaigning. Because such a big problem with the Hillary Clinton image is that so many people were fed a narrative that she was truly wicked. And if she could be heard by an audience that listens to Howard, right? And I, I he heard, has a cross-section of listenership, right? I heard two good points today um, on Bill Simmons' podcast. I'm sorry, I don't know if this is like a drinking game when I mentioned the Bill Simmons' podcast. That's okay. Um, but... He uh, he was basically saying that Howard, even two years ago, 
is not the same Howard. It's true. Of now, he's like way more of a celebrity suck up. They were saying he's super soft to her, and and like it wouldn't necessarily have been advisable in how calculated she is to go on Howard a couple of years ago. I don't agree. He would, I, and he, I'm I'm not sure. I I don't think he would have like completely killed her. I don't. He's always been a Hillary Clinton fan. I'm not yeah. saying that he wouldn't have been tough on her, but that's what you deserve when you're running for president. Totally. Um, he could. He was afforded the opportunity to be very soft and kind to her now. And yes, he's gotten softer over the years, but two years ago is mm-hmm. safe and they should have put her on that show. She had nothing to lose. Now, is there any chance Except of everything? Her, is there any chance of her running again? This kind of random campaign trail that she's going on is... It's not a campaign trail. She's selling a book. Oh, she's selling a book. Okay. Uh, yeah, she wrote a book with Chelsea Clinton called uh, Gutsy Women. Um, I don't think so. No. That okay. would be... There, I, there was talk of it. There was there was talk that like the Democratic Party was trying to... It would be really sad. It would just be a problem. It, it would be a mistake. Yeah. It, when there's t- I hate to say it, but there's just too much stink on you. Yeah. There's just too much stink on you. Anyway, it was a very good listen. You can listen to the whole thing on YouTube, and this is the first time I've ever known Howard's team to upload one of his interviews in full to their YouTube channel. Really? Number 15 on my list is Atlanta. Okay. Number 14 is Glow. Okay. Number 13, Bob's Burgers. I love that show. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a single episode of Bob's it's, Burgers. It's one of those shows that's like, you watch it and it's very amusing. And for a little while, it becomes the show that you put on because it's very comforting. Yeah. And then over time, not on like Schitt's Creek, for example, um, it actually moves you. you it becomes a show yeah. that's like actually really lovely and it's about love. Right. And uh, and that's that's how I would describe Bob's Burgers. It's a show about love. Oh, and nice! It's, it's a really really it's kind nice of show. like an officey show. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number twelve, and this isn't isn't even so much about how well the show was done, but it was quite well done. It's just it's a favor to young me who is such a fan of the books and was so disappointed in the movie. A series of unfortunate events on Netflix. Okay. Number twelve. It was it was just very it was very nice. Uh, number eleven, Late Night with Seth Meyers, which doesn't get its due. And I learned so much about the world from Late Night with Seth Meyers. Mm-hmm. And so I had to honor that one. Number 10 is Master of None. I like that. Number 9 is... <laughs> I hate that I'm being so vocal about liking the, the two shows. From You're the, allowed. Like, I figured Predators, you'd, you'd like I, most of these shows. Yeah. Number 9 is Parks and Recreation. Would that I put yeah. a little higher. Right. Number 8 is Downton Abbey. I can recommend Downton Abbey to anybody. There's nobody in the world who couldn't enjoy them some Downton Abbey. That's actually surprising that... Rolling Stone didn't put that on there. Yeah, I found that list. too. It took me a little while to remember it. And then I was that, like, holy shit, thank God I remembered. That's a good miss on, on their part. I think because it's a little soapy and they consider themselves very academic. Sure. But I mean, they had Parks and Rec as the number one overall show. But Parks and Rec is, is like is a, is like a Harvard staff. Sure. Like that's a smart show. <laughs> sure. And yeah. and Down Abbey's not, not a smart show, but it's PBS and your grandma likes it. And so they think there's no cachet. Right. But it is like a huge pop cultural juggernaut mm-hmm. downton abbey yeah love that show number seven is this is us yeah just like sobbed on the couch that must have been on their list no this is us again network show that your your mother watches it's it's not what uh they expect their cool guy readers okay. who by the way like love motorhead <laughs> hilarious pull <laughs> uh number six is Shit's creek uh again show about love Extraordinary, beautiful show. One season left. It starts in January. Number five I saw on nobody's lists. That's American Vandal, which right. is beautiful. Both seasons are beautifully done. Mm-hmm. Canceled mm-hmm. before it's due, but now forever enshrined in perfection. Canceled? Canceled. Wow. Off Netflix. Yep. This yeah. was right when like Netflix started dropping axes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Number four, recency bias, but it's so good. Pen 15. Okay. Yeah. Did you finish sure. that? Yeah, I did. I cried in that show too. Yeah. I like that show. The episode where they are IMing their instant messaging. Yeah. There is so much realness in that episode for people roughly our age. I th- yeah, I think I f- I think I finished it. I really loved the thong episode. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny to me. It's just something really remarkably pulled off in that this gimmick where they're 30-year-old women playing 13-year-olds. Yeah. Should be so odd. Yeah. And you get over it right away. Lot of pressure for another season for them. I'm just, I'm sure it's coming back for another season. Uh, it is not. coming back. Okay. It, it'll be hard for them to live up to the first season. I think so too. I got to give that a rewatch. I love it so much. Number three is Barry. Yep. Which is, I mean, has so, only been around for the last 
what three years it's had two seasons it's had two seasons it's had two number two is stranger things that's a good one that's lacking on rolling stones list that that i mean it's on there i think but like deep down yeah stranger things is a movement stranger things is i mean i don't want to like put it up there with like star wars but like stranger things is forever going to be one of the first popular netflix shows a brand of its own yes that kind of everyone was into that's yeah. right well and yeah that's right it's it's kind of cross-platform mm-hmm. for that reason like i put i put game of thrones like way further down my list again i had to have seen at least a whole season of it right. i feel like i've seen enough game of thrones to have an opinion on it but i didn't rank it any higher than 31 okay um but uh yeah good show and then my number one is fleabag okay i like that perfect show i like that i i i'm i think i'm gonna do a, a decade and a, a year list i usually do a year list yeah um, you want to take a look at the other at the bottom twenty five? Sure. You gonna do it? You usually do a year list. You I, usually give us like five or ten. I think. I think I do a ten. Yeah, a top ten. I would love to see that from you. That yeah. would be great. I um I will say that the Watchmen. Look out for that near the top of yeah, my list. People are saying that it is phenomenal. Everybody says I would implore you to watch it all. Oh, God. I like suffer through it if you need because I I just think you'll really appreciate the. Yeah the uniqueness of the show i i think you you start to learn more about the background of the show once once you start watching which is obvious but you they're using all of the characters in a in a more unique way than a it's less on the nose than you think i was just disappointed in the show because i kind of thought that my memory of having seen the movie mm-hmm. was that i i thought that it was pretentious and i and i it didn't connect with me. And then I, over time, I've been like, well, maybe I was just too young and stupid to understand. Which some, I still haven't seen the movie, but something I, am, brilliant. I do want to watch it. But then I kind of felt the same about the show. I was like, oh, get over yourself. Mm. Yeah. What was the other show that you called pretentious recently that I was surprised about? Oh, God. Last last week, wasn't it? Uh, Probably. Well, I don't know. I just let these truth bombs fly. <laughs> Can't keep track of them all. Yeah. Oh, it was Servant. Servant? Oh, Servant yeah. was so pretentious. Yeah, I know. It was so pretentious. But I, I, I honestly hadn't considered I don't think about the pretension of shows unless I think there's like a dialogue issue. But you you see it through the way that things are shot. I just criticize stuff that I see in myself. Oh. I'm just like, oh, if I made it something, it would be pretentious. And I'd hate myself like I do anyway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so you'll see some other shows on there that you might have ranked a little higher, yeah, some that you might not have considered Nathan, at all. Nathan, for you, would I think be in my my top ten? Yeah, it it belongs. Like that's a and I for this for and, similar and you didn't reasons. Finish everything on it? You, no, you I don't think I've seen them all. The holes. Oh my god! But for it. similar reasons, I have Who Is America? Just because of how gutsy it is. Mm-hmm. Just because of how ballsy both of those shows are. Sure. The nerve of them. Hot ones. That that. Yeah, I like that you have that. On that there. was kind of another hot take, so to speak. I have a hot ones. Is every bit a TV show as much as anything else is, and mm-hmm. and they do a great job. Um, I find it interesting that you have like Crashing on here. I loved Crashing. Do you? Yeah, I thought I thought the first and third season of Crashing were were really good. The second season not so good. Is the fourth season coming out? Or no, they're done. They got canceled. They're done. They uh, they got canceled, and I don't know if they knew they were going to get canceled, but they end it well. Okay. It's kind of conclusive. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, maybe I will finish that up. Um, okay, what else do we have on here? You have Love, which I didn't finish, but I saw a couple of Love seasons, fell but... off, but it started strong. Yeah. Similarly, we were talking about Judd Apatow produced shows. I got girls on there because it started so strong. Yeah. It so spoke to a generation and I, then I sucked. Think, I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine is, is so rewatchable and has such a place on this list. Um what else do you have? Sorry that I'm moving away I'm from the mic. I just kind of miss something about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I, I can watch it anytime, but I've never called to watch it. Right. Yeah. You don't keep up with it. No, not really. Um, You? Uh, Again, so fun. Girls, I was surprised, didn't actually make the top 25, it's just, but it, I think it's the breadth of the, whole, yeah. the entire show. It, I think it just, if it lasted one season, it would have been. It resolved to have a bit of a sour memory for me. It just yeah. kind of, it stopped being good very fast. It brought the world Adam Driver. It was such a 2009 show. Like you, yeah. you really feel like it had a vibe about it. And I feel like it just overstayed its welcome. It did. Um, it just didn't make a strong statement like it set out to do. That's right. Happy endings. I think that 
that makes sense. I, I wasn't super into it, but I like it. Surprised to hear that. I really liked Happy Endings. Um, Bojack Horseman. Yeah, great show. Yeah, which was also on there. Last Man on Earth is, is an interesting one that I... The first season especially was really great. And yeah. I, I wish that it would have been a movie because I think the movie would have been done differently. They had plans to do a movie or at least another season. It got very formulaic, Last Man on Earth. Yeah. Uh, and they just kind of, in, they just reveled in changing up the scenery every season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he would find new ways to be unbearable. But the the pilot, which, did we do the pilot on the show? I don't know. It was like, it was almost like an art movie. Kind of. Yeah, like that's kind of true. Like a comedy, like an indie comedy. We just binged it because it was very easy to watch, and yeah. we had a lot of fun watching it. And then it got canceled. Well, I I like the I like that you have Sherlock on here. Sherlock's good. Yeah, I think I think you've got a great list. I figured you'd mostly approve. Mm-hmm, definitely. Anyway, all right, so I'll, maybe I'll put that up on uh, put that up on ColinSweets.com and and everybody will rush to check out all the other things they didn't hear. <laughs> They'll say, "Tom, thanks." Yeah, they might just do that. <laughs> They might just do. I watched the Polar Express this weekend for the for the blog. That movie sucks. Really? <laughs> People were so excited about it back then. Yeah, I I don't remember. Watching you know what it. my take on that is? Like the the animation's so bad. Yeah, and it's five years post Shrek. Right. That's and it's worse than Shrek. Way worse than Shrek. It's unforgivable. They cut some corners. Mm-hmm. Um, wanted to ask you about uh, just in a crossover Tom Thanks moment. Uh, portion of okay. the podcast. Are you burping forever? <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to trying to sound professional, but realized that I was just burping. Mission for 20 seconds. Um, you said that. Uh, what is the movie that you you most catch me if you can? Yeah, was a low key Christmas movie, and yeah. I remember thinking that at the time. But it doesn't take place mainly over Christmas. It does absolutely it? Like, doesn't does. it jump? year year over year it jumps from christmas to christmas oh i'm yeah. gonna watch it it's one of my favorite movies of all time you, tom tom hanks notwithstanding christmas notwithstanding catch me if you can is mesmerizing jen says she she remembers that movie stressing her out and i was like that's a great it's a great movie that's like, a great reason to watch a movie by the way exactly because you're 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 basically saying there's a lot of suspense in this movie all the while remembering that the nerve of this real guy yeah to have gone forth with all these things right yeah that's that's kind of the premise is that it's a movie about fathers and end up it? working for the FBI exactly it's a movie about fathers and he always has these phone calls with the with Tom Hanks who plays the the FBI uh, agent on right. Christmas. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas, Carl. Yeah. How is it we're always talking on Christmas? Yeah. And he throws the fake checks in the air. Right. It's on Netflix. Check out Catch Me If You Can and right. read about it at ColinSweets.com. I will. I'll do both. Okay. Do you want to talk about... That'll be a Christmas movie I choose. Do you want to talk about a show? Um. Yes. Yes, let's talk about a show. Okay. The show's okay. called Pose. Pose. It's your turn to recap. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. Okay. Where's my, where's my so timer? So character names are going to be tough. That's fine. I don't. I, yeah, I can't remember anybody's name. But I, will, I think I should be able to do it. 30 seconds on the clock. Recap the pilot episode of Pose, which is nominated for some Golden Globes. We figured this was a chance to jump in and, and see what the show's all about. Mm-hmm. Recap that in three, two, one, go. Okay, Pose is about uh, kind of an underground New York. Takes place in 1987. An underground New York house uh, filled with uh, transgender and gay women and men uh that don't belong they go to this club they they uh uh, compete in these kind of like costume contests basically uh and there's also a displaced gay man who is kicked out of the house uh finds a new home with one of the rejects from one of that house but uh also uh ends up forming this new house uh all the while one of the other new house members or soon to be new house members is also uh, uh, gallivanting around, <laughs> gallivanting around, yes. I guess, hooking <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, with a new Trump Tower employee. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 1987 and it's Donald Trump. Yeah. That's right. I mean, it's one of those classic stories about like a family found, right? Yeah. Yeah. This exactly. is one of those shows. Um, and it's very sad. Mm-hmm. I really kind of thought for a second because it was set in 1987 that we were going to have multiple timelines here and i kind of thought this gay kid who's kicked out by his uh cartoon of a father for wanting to be a dancer 
I kind of thought he was, we were going to flash forward and he would be Billy Porter because, oh, yeah. because Billy Porter, he doesn't seem to be the star of the show in this episode. I don't think he's the star of the show at all. Maybe not, but he, it's his face on the poster and he yeah. won the Emmy. Right. But he, did he write it? Wasn't he like the, the main reason that this show? I don't think so. Show, oh, I thought he was like the backbone behind the show. Which maybe he is in the way that he acts on. Maybe in like a producerial way. I don't think he wrote the show. I could be wrong about that. Um, There's a lot of characters introduced in the first episode. Yeah. And so it wasn't exactly clear who the lead was. Although that that dancer kid, it kind of, he's the climax where at the end he he wants to get into this dance academy. He doesn't Mm -hmm. make the cut or he doesn't apply in time. And then his new mother figure, I guess, the uh, this trans woman who's running the house where he's going to stay. Yeah. Um, she pleads for him to have a second chance. He improvises a dance audition. Right. Which I didn't think was that great. And gets in, yeah. It was a little, uh, needed some work. I mean, he he just kind of like... No dance coach. Yeah, I, I can't dance at all, but like, he, he didn't do... It was rhythmic, I guess. It was mm. athletic. Well, it was also he didn't have anything prepared. Right. The, the got mother into kind like of like talked him in. Yeah, prestigious he, dance academy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Maybe a little far-fetched. Seemed a little bit far-fetched. Also, speaking of far-fetched, let's talk about the first scene in the movie. The show. It's oh, it, my God, like yeah. That w- that didn't come back. They hide out in a museum because the theme for that club that night is royalty. Right. So they end up going to, like, the Renaissance portion of this Museum of Natural History or whatever and taking all of the, like, like renaissance Exhibits. period <laughs> clothing they, they robbed like the royalty. museum yeah and i guess uh, to illustrate how committed they are to their culture sure and then they go and they get arrested at the actual like that's that's a serious crime a serious crime like, to rob a museum you robbed like hundreds of thousands of dollars and i just took such issue with the fact that they're like they march into the into the museum and the curator's like we're closing in 10 minutes and they ignore him and then there's an announcement we're closing in five minutes and they're like okay hide Right. And we're going to hide until the lights are off. Museums have like a little guy with a clicker. They know you're in there. They, they they certainly have that. And even in that time, I'm pretty sure a museum in New York is going to have security cameras. Yeah, you think? <laughs> I mean, they did get arrested. Yeah, true. But it was only because they got locked in and had to like break their way out. That's right. It did have a pretty electric opening. Yeah. Like when it first opened, I, I, I knew nothing about this show. Mm-hmm. And so when I see the first thing they do is rob a museum, I'm like... Okay. I was kind of happy that... Even if it's unbelievable. Sure. I was kind of happy that it got more into the family stuff. Right. I was like, okay, good. I feel like this is what they... You know, they should focus on the feelings of displacement. Yeah, that's true. Rather than like, honey, I look too good to (laughs) not be wearing museum clothing for a fucking underground New York drag show tonight. Right. Well, a line that they say later in the episode, which I think kind of speaks to all of the crazy things they do in the show... She says it as they're marching back to the dance academy to beg for a second chance. She says, we don't have the luxury of shame. Right. Like, sorry, that's that's not really in our cards right now. We're, we're going to be in awkward positions. That's our life. Gotcha. And so maybe that's, maybe they just have to be bold because it's the only way they can survive. I think that's kind of their sure. mandate. Can you see why this show's picked up such steam? Yeah, I do. It's yeah. the largest cast of, of trans actors in scripted TV history. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do a nice job. There's no, uh, uh, of that ilk of the cast, nobody's recognizable. Billy Porter's right. now famous via this show. And I guess he was known a little bit beforehand. Right. But there was some surprising heat checks from otherwise famous people like Evan Peters, who mm-hmm. plays like the John who secretly yeah. has, secretly is married to Kate Mara. Right. And also uh, Dawson. What's it? James Vanderbeek. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. James Vanderbeek was he basically like the real life Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, he plays Matthew McConaughey in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, uh, did you know that that Evan guy dates Halsey? No, maybe I did know that. Apparently, Halsey like started a campaign a couple of years ago on Twitter to like date this guy, and now they're dating. She just had like a crush on this actor. Yeah, I guess so. But he when played, she was less famous, like Quicksilver and X Men. Yeah, yeah. Which, but I couldn't. I was trying to place him, and Jen was like, well, yeah, and I, th- I think he's part of the Ryan Murphy family. I think he was. She said he loves him. He's in American Horror American Story. Horror Story. And, how yeah. is it, and this is a Ryan Murphy show and Brad Falchuk, how is it that there is such a stark difference in quality for their shows? How is it that they can make like the People versus OJ and Pose, but also the politician and Glee? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to think what else Ryan Murphy did. Yeah, there it is. The politician. And, and American Horror Story, which I don't have a frame of reference for, but people do like it. Right. But it's not necessarily like highbrow. Well, maybe there's like a Castle Rock quality to it, which is generally liked and well. Well, made. Ryan Murphy's like a household name. And I'm sure he's a writer in his own way, but I feel like this Brad Falchuk doesn't get very much notoriety and he's maybe more the creative where right. Ryan Murphy is the businessman and the producer. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't always have a writing credit on everything. I don't know his involvement in, in Pose. I have yeah. no idea, but he's like, it's one of his shows. Right. Five transgender people on it. At any point, were you wondering, are these people actually transgender? Because I Googled it. They are. Yeah. Yeah. And I figured they were. I knew already that it was a it was the biggest ever cast of trans actors and so I figured then Right. Yeah. 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 So I mean I, I and for those reasons I thought it was really great. Mm -hmm. It was a good episode of TV. No way it had to be an hour and a half. No. That was a long time. It was a long time. Long time. It was basically a movie. Absolutely. And in fact, if that was well, and I was thinking that too because we've been talking a lot about the Irishman and like what what makes for a movie and does mm -hmm. length is length the only thing that defines a movie no you know the act structure and conclusion it does kind of conclude you know he he gets into the dance academy at the end it's true you you could do a, a drawn out version of that where blanc is also dealing with uh hiv and oh that's another big theme i yeah. think that's gonna be it's gonna permeate through the show totally it, it went through a super like like deep valley <laughs> after the sun was being beat by his cartoon father yeah and uh then the mother kicks him out and then aids clinic that's right it yeah. all happened very fast oh yeah which one has hiv like, uh, like the mother figure yeah the new mother figure yeah oh right yeah okay yeah i didn't uh again i kind of lost track of all the characters mm -hmm. i thought i for some reason thought there was going to be more uh uh more focus on the fact that for whatever reason, just while she was going through the Museum of Natural History and there was just like a statue of a body with no head on it, she just looks at it and goes, huh, headless horseman. <laughs> I was like, this is like a theme or something? Or no, I don't know what that's supposed to refer to. That was to. just a random thing she said, possibly ad-libbed. Yeah, I thought it was too long. I thought it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. I thought the dance scene was, was interesting. Like... I guess she can see that he's emotional in it. Like it was kind yeah. of a neat thing where they're like indicating that he should smile while he dances. And so he puts on a big smile. And as soon as he turns away, his smile goes away. Like I thought that was kind of a neat yes. choice. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering if that was supposed to be visible. Yes. Cause definitely. he was also kind of like throwing like the throwing his arms around kind of like he was trying to figure out what to do in the moment. But yeah. I didn't know if it was part of it. Right. I, I don't know. I, um, yeah, I mean, he's supposed to be very sad in it. Mm -hmm. S? This is a tough one. I realize it's, like, important yep. and that I should give it my S. I do give it my S. It's a good show. There's nothing... It's not for me. Not, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take the line of that as well because it is a good show, but I'm not going to watch any more of it. No, it's very sad, and that's yeah. not a good enough reason not to watch something either. Mm -hmm. Um. It's 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 a lot going on. It's the other thing. Like, and they're even trying to incorporate. It's not an accident that we keep mentioning Donald Trump. Granted, it's nineteen eighty seven Donald Trump, right? But like that that is supposed to represent something. Like this guy who is closeted and alone, mm -hmm. he works for Donald Trump. That means something mm -hmm. to twenty nineteen viewers. Seems like there's going to be a lot of sads. Yeah, <laughs> and like a lot of sadness throughout the series. I think probably. What does Pose mean in reference to the show? Oh, I don't know. Maybe you're just like, you know, posing as a contributive member of society. Or yeah, or you're just posing through through life in general, yeah. just to, like the smile, right? Totally. Smile for us, pose. Yeah. Also, how yeah. hilarious was that like whole dance scene on the on the waterfront? <laughs> like when they went to like the break dance like challenge. Oh yes. And the they're all just kind of like doing these like <laughs> ridiculous poses but in a group of like 10 people mm -hmm. it looked weird but funny that okay was, that was dancing i guess back then well the people at home don't know but you just danced for me and I, I i got a lot from it it was a lot of arm movement almost like like voguing but just like sticking their arms out to the side and then sticking their arms directly in the air and then sticking their hands on top of their head and going back out <laughs> to the side again and like 
doing different iterations of that while all being lined up like seven people deep. The Macarena. Yeah, it was an early version of the Macarena. (laughs) And then the final dance scene where they like kind of get kicked out because they do like a death battle or whatever, which isn't actually death. It's just like you have to leave the club. Yeah. In that they kind of do a variation of that where they're all kind of just like pointing at each other (laughs) and like blowing kisses, but also doing like the you're dead sign. What about the like kind of like marching around the choice of Whitney Houston's I want to dance with somebody is that a little um cliche I love that song Mm. but like does that supposed to mean anything other than like it's just an impenetrably happy song except for that it has desire in it like it was like a timestamp I don't think they were gonna use like uh like enter Sandman or something (laughs) imagine it's all he could get from his dad's tape rack it's girls 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 (laughs) that would have really caught my attention it's true would have girls 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 after we just watched an hour and a half about this guy (laughs) he plays he plays girls 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 i like it it's my favorite track (laughs) you know also i had a, a real problem with when he got home and he went under his bed this was at his parents house and he went under his bed and got a tape out. And when he pulled the tape out, he went, yes. <laughs> like he was like, someone put that tape there for him without him knowing it. Like, but he was hoping that it was going to be there. Like, it's your tape, man. Yeah. It's always there. That's where you you're kept... never going to be that happy about it. That's where you put your tape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just pop it in and start dancing. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, that's another episode of the show show. <laughs> <I think. laughs> yeah. This is Sweet and Slay yeah. wrapping up an uh, episode. Uh, Signing off. Yeah. Um, I don't have any Will Smith. I just tried to Google it, and there's really not a whole lot to say about Will Smith this week, which is a little suspicious, but what can I say? It's because it's so close to Christmas. Maybe that's it. Do you think he's Santa Claus? He's busy. <laughs> oh he's <my> busy. God. <laughs> Did he fill... Now, hot take. Okay. I bet it is. <laughs> Will Smith. Jaden Smith. Yeah. The Santa Claus Part 4. Whoa. This time, it's personal. Yeah, it's very personal. Okay, I like that. Except, are they playing their Pursuit of Happiness characters? <laughs> could you imagine? Yes. That's the only That's the only way it could be more ridiculous. Well, we finally made it. Let's go up to our mansion <laughs> roof because we heard a clatter. Yep. That's a good movie, man. Did you say you watched The Santa Claus this weekend? Uh, that was you, right? Yes. Well, I was saying I saw the, the beginning of it. Yeah. And we were talking about how no one's sad about Santa dying. No. No, no, one, th- no one at the North Pole when Tim Allen and his son go are like, oh, my God, where's our, our <laughs> former Santa? He's dead. We're all mourning his death. Meanwhile, just like, they've had to sh- ship out Mrs. Claus. Yes. This is the part that you said because yeah. Santa Claus part two, the, the clause is you have to be married. So. Mm-hmm ostensibly they were married and this poor widow was quickly shipped out. She could even probably give some pointers to the yep. new Santa Claus. And she say, could be at least a consult. Yeah. And be like, no, it's your time now. I'm going <laughs> to like Greenland or something. That's where they keep me after this. Yes. So I can be heartbroken for the rest of my days. Yeah. Or, you know, like be like, I'm just going to spend the rest of my days in a, in a nursery for children. Something that's, that's, you know, nice, but my favorite thing just need to wonder. My favorite thing about, uh, the Santa Claus is such a niche thing, but it kind of kicks off where, uh, Scott Calvin is reading his son, Charlie. It's Charlie, right? Yeah. He's reading Charlie, uh, was the night before Christmas on Christmas Eve is like a bedtime story and he's a little boy and so he misunderstands the the phrasing mm-hmm. there arose such a clatter yeah and so he's like what's su- what's such a clatter and so he he's not really it's not really explained well and then later on when Santa Claus is indeed at their house there's a ladder up against the house and the the, the ladder is branded Rose Suchik Ladder Company. No way. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's kind of funny. Like Rose Suchik makes ladders. Yeah, <laughs> there are Rose Suchik Ladder. That is so funny. Yep. I my my other obvious problem with this movie, and it, it's every Santa movie. Yeah, I apologize to. Our, I know what you're going to say. Younger listeners, on I know this what one. you're going to say. Is that, yeah, the parents don't the, seem to know that there's the, weird stuff under the tree. Uh, yeah, Santa exists and delivers toys every year, but yet they're like, there's, there's no Santa Claus. Well, I think this applies to fewer movies than you realize. Certainly, the Santa Claus is an example of what you're describing. Right. Like, why? But first of all, his mother 
and Neil in his weird sweaters. Right. Joe Dreinhold. Yeah. You're so blind. Like, it's happening in front of your eyes. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. But we watched Miracle on 34th Street a couple of weeks ago, and I like to watch that one every year. And I think something that's that's cynical about that movie that's often overlooked is that he is not Santa Claus. Okay. And this whole movie is about how he believes he's Santa Claus and belief is all that really matters and he's a good man. And sure, he's good and he's not dangerous. Right. And so where's the harm? Maybe it's nowhere. But he is for sure a crazy person. <laughs> he's there claiming is he's someone The, the movie, four, four Kids, is about how there is no Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Start, I've, see, I've never seen Miracle on 34th Street. That's wild to me. I know. I gotta watch it. One of my essentials. But yes, that... Uh, that See, at least they're driving home a truthful point. As cynical as it may be. They're doing it very delicately so that yeah. you don't really notice as a child. Right. Yeah. You're just focused on Santa. You're you're taking his side. Je oh. Well, yeah. Chris Kringle. Right. But That's never, but never trust Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> but Chris Kringle were they to do Miracle on 34th Street the sequel starring mm -hmm. Will Smith the squeakquel <laughs> back again guess he's back back again <laughs> yeah uh, I would not trust it I mean no never trust Will Smith